Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Help TVO create a better world through the power of learning. Visit TVO.org and make a tax-deductible donation today. As interest rates cranked up last year with seven hikes by the Bank of Canada in 2022 alone, it could be hard to figure out whether that or inflation was worse for your bottom line. Together, they meant rejigging or totally rewriting the household budget for many people. Certified financial planner Shannon Lee Simmons has seen it all as founder of The New School of Finance. Her new book is called No Regret Decisions, Making Good Choices During Difficult Times, and she joins us now with some advice. Great to see you again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nice to have you back here. There are many economists, of course, warning that we're about to have a recession any day now. Yes. Who knows? But based on what you hear and talk to your clients about, how worried are they? Very. I, uh, the proverbial phone is ringing off the hook, if you will, aka an exploding inbox. Mm. I'm getting a lot of emails at three in the morning, too. And that is, I say that it's telling, right? People are up in the middle of the night worrying about this. Mm. Um, I'd say that the worry is twofold. So one, what's happening today and how am I going to do this? And then the anxiety about what's coming down the pipeline and the uncertainty around that. Um, and we hear the, the R word, right? We hear recession. You don't even want to say it. Oh. Right, I know, jinx it. Um, we hear the word and of course, it's impossible not to say, well, what happens if that happens to, my, to me, to my job or my partner's job? Like, what do we do then? And so I'm really feeling the um, uncertainty of that um, lurking and for the last few months and especially since January, I think. There's something about the winter. People mm-hmm. are sad and scared. Well, it's gloomy out there most of the time, isn't it? Oh, it's gloomy. It? Yeah. But uh, let me just push a bit on that. You're really getting emails at three in the morning from people? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Like, and, and I use that as a barometer for how people are feeling about stuff. So I'll, I'll open my computer in the morning and it's I can see the timestamp and there's questions like, um, I just had this thought, or even sometimes some more vulnerable than that, right? My mind is racing, I can't sleep, LOL, it's 3 a.m., you can tell, like this kind of thing. And the questions, if, if I was to kind of do an anecdotal you know, t- test of what that question is, it's often about um, things are hard right now and we don't even have it hard, so what happens if the worst happens, which is a loss of a job um, you know, from a recession or something like that. So the anxiety about what happens if I lose a job is so... Um, real right now for people, and, and it's keeping them up at night, in my anecdotal experience anyways. Now, I know you don't have a PhD in economics, but that doesn't stop you from giving advice to people. <laughs> but the only reason I put that on the record is that, do, do you have a, I mean, you've been at this long enough to know that you have a spidey sense about when recessions are coming. Do you sense one is coming? I don't know that we'll get the technical, you know, recession maybe that we, that you, by definition would have. Two consecutive quarters Correct. of negative growth. Correct. That's right. I, but I do, I have seen the swaths of layoffs. I mean, those people are in my office and they've been coming since the start of those tech layoffs last year. And so what my spidey senses are saying are that um, people are talking to me saying, you know, even at my job, we're on a hiring freeze. Uh, we're on a wage freeze, where all the perks have been cut back. So there's no more this, there's no more this. So what that is telling me anecdotally on the ground is that, okay, well, companies in the higher up level are preparing. They're not sure what to expect either, but everyone's kind of looking at the situation saying, do we need to take action? Do we not need to take action? You know what makes it confusing, though, for me is that, I, I, I mean, I watch this stuff and I see the Premier of Ontario making announcements with his cabinet ministers 
on regular occasions. He made one just the other day with the prime minister, 500 new jobs, you know, for something here. He was in southwestern Ontario last year making yeah. announcements for big jobs in the auto sector as well. Uh, the deficit for the province of Ontario came in this year, this past fiscal year, half as big as they thought it was going to be. Like, those are positive signs. They are. And yet you hear people constantly saying, I'm worried about a recession coming. Why? I think sometimes the talking about it, like, honestly, there's like a self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit that can happen sometimes. And I think you, we're human beings. We can't help but internalize things. This might happen to me. This might happen to my household, my kids. What does that mean for me? It's the fear. It's anxiety. So, you know, you can hear a stat like the deficit wasn't big, but like, that doesn't mean that my boss didn't say we're on a hiring freeze yesterday. Right. And that doesn't mean that I'm not scared because my grocery bill has gone up three times in the last, like from what I usually would buy. And so that sounds like positive news that doesn't translate onto the kitchen table discussion. And gotcha. I think that's the difference. Okay, we mentioned in the intro, the Bank of Canada has put up interest rates a lot over the last year in order to Ooh. try to fight inflation. <laughs> right here, tugging your <laughs> How, so when you're giving advice to people, you're obviously giving them different advice in a world where interest rates are next to nothing yes. versus where they are today. How does the advice differ? Wild, wildly. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, my colleagues and I laugh about like things we used to say. <laughs> we're like, oh, that was a knee slapper back then. Um, so I think that the big thing that uh, where this is really hitting home is uh, anyone who's a first-time home buyer, this conversation is completely different now, right? Things that might have been attainable four years ago, three years ago, a year ago um, may not be now given where interest rates are at. So I think that's a huge one. So the advice around affordability. Can I just jump in there? Please. Are you as blunt as saying to people, don't buy a house now? I have always been blunt when things put people at risk. So yes, I found I ran into that situation less in previous times. Huh. So the frequency, and, and this may not even be for first time home buyers. I'm also feeling this with people who are home buyers, but they were wanting to maybe renovate, or maybe they wanted to, um, you know, this is a very privileged thing I'm about to say, but like they wanted to use the equity in their home to buy a second property or buy a recreational property. Like those dreams are on hold. Those things are paused. Don't do that now. It is, well, or do it, and here's all the other things you have to cut out of your life uh, okay. to make room for that. So is it worth it to you? And a lot of the conversations I'm having right now are that coaching, that like coaching side of things that I do, which mm -hmm. is, okay, you can do this. The math, the math is the math. I mean, if money was that easy, we'd all just be saving perfectly every month, mm -hmm. wouldn't we? Um, but it's like, do, are you willing to give up X, Y, Z? including sometimes now the conversations like including your RRSP contributions and like your your retirement savings like that's what's at stake right now we're not talking about like trimming the fat in your mm. budget like oh maybe I can't get that delivery food come in we're talking about like are you willing to like not save for retirement to do that goal mm. and that's the so the stakes feel higher I think that's what the interest rates and the inflation have done is it's raised the stakes of everyday conversations and decision making so it's a real shift in the advice that we were saying before and um, the the big nerdy joke that we also make is like if I had a dollar for every time someone said like you know do I pay the mortgage or put it in the RSP you know I would be a very very wealthy woman <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I wouldn't have a mortgage um, but I think that has shifted too. So before, when interest rates are, when your mortgage is like 1.75 and your investments are, and you have a high enough income to make an RSP contribution worth it for the refund and the taxes and your um, the trajectory of your investments looks good at like 6%, it's really hard to make the argument to take the money and put it on the, mark, mm. the mortgage. And that has switched. So now with people renewing at higher rates coming down the pipeline, 
and volatility in the market that terrifies them at three in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's an emotional benefit as well as a financial benefit to like putting things on the mortgage. Are you ever as blunt to say to any of your clients, you need to sell your house? I have said that, but I would never say you have to because it's not my decision fundamentally. But again, a lot of what I do is map out what life looks like if you don't make this hard decision. Mm -hmm. And that alone, seeing the outcome of it is sometimes scary enough for someone to say, I think we have to do this. And then I'll say, I see why you made that decision and I agree because this trajectory is scary and it's scarier maybe than staying in the house and waiting out whatever's happening. So a great example of that is like, um, you know, somebody loses their job that's, uh, they're in their 50s, they still have a sizable mortgage, they don't really have a lot of save for retirement, they lose their job, it was a very high paying job and they cannot replace that income. They get another job, but maybe they went from a very high income, like 150,000 and now they can only get in at like, you know, half of that. And so the whole trajectory is different and the mortgage is still big and now it's expensive. Your job is to get them to see the real picture. That's right. Well, as you do that coaching, it sounds like one of the things that you are are a real stickler for is reducing the amount of fear and uncertainty as to the extent that you can yes. with your clients. A less afraid client is a better client for you. Absolutely, that's a, I've, I don't know that I've ever asked that, but yes, it's true because I think that what's so scary about money is the uncertainty. Yeah. I think that's what makes it scary. Uh, you must have people who are, uh, look, I know you want everybody to save. Everybody wants people to be able to, you know, put us, pay yourself first, right? And yeah. that's what the wealthy barber said, pay right. yourself first. You must have clients who've said, look at SLS, I have, I have you know, looked through my ledgers uh, 12 yeah. hours a day. I can't save right now. Yeah. What do you say to them? I say, okay, that's the facts. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe we're just gritting and bearing through this time in, in our life right now. Mm -hmm. um, it depends on the severity of that, right? So someone who says, I can't save right now, but maybe once inflation, <laughs> I wouldn't knock on wood there, <laughs> comes <laughs> down. <laughs> Well, it's coming down. Yeah, it is it's coming, coming down, down. And like, you know, in a sizable way and the cost of food goes down. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe in, when you renew in a few years, that or that would come down to like, as these things, as the pressure cooker kind of chills out a little bit, we can open up again. So are we looking at a life of not being able to save? Or are we looking at 20 months of not being able to save? Big difference. Huge, right. massive difference. And so what I'll often do at that point is say, okay, if it's just a short time period here, let's map out what the opportunity cost is for you. So we'll map it out and then I'll show them like this amount of money that you would have put into your RSP or whatever is not going to make or break your retirement security. You are not in a situation of a, ha a have and have not because you took a pump the brakes for this short period of time hmm. versus someone who's about to make a decision to buy a house they can't afford at all and not be able to find the money like indefinitely to save for retirement. And that's the big difference is like short term or long term. Are we in a crisis or is this a lifestyle? And that's that'll dictate, you know, how scared they are and how scared I am. Gotcha. Uh, last minute and a half here. Let's figure out uh, what advice you're giving people as it relates to the stock market. Usually, I mean, usually when there's a recession, the market crashes right. or at least, you know, loses a lot of points. So what are you giving, what kind of advice are you giving on that front? I think it would be the same as I always have, but I think I'm very um, careful on how I would phrase it in these and, and really making sure people understand it. So again, when, when things are in a bull market, like, oh my God, the amount in, during the pandemic when things were just woo, taking off, I think that when I used to say to people, okay, make sure that this is long-term assets, okay, not short-term. We don't want to be putting your down payment fund into, into anything that you need in the next year and a half. Mm -hmm. 
um, I would get some eye rolls, right? Because when things are popping off, everyone has a, has a really high risk tolerance in a bull market. And I would often say to people, you know, you don't really know your risk tolerance until you face a bear market. But if, if this is a first-time investor or someone who's only really had positive returns over the last decade, mm -hmm. um, it's hard to make that, that claim, right? People would eye roll for real. So it's the same advice always, but now I think people are listening, like really being sure that you are not investing anything for the, for the short run in the stock market, nor should it ha have ever been. Um, and then also, if it is a long-term asset for retirement, then like keep calm and carry on. <laughs> so, so this is a bump in the road. It's a completely normal part of investing. And often I'll, I'll show you know, historical facts just to make people feel calm, that it's not that they're just throwing their money into lighting it on fire, you know? So even if like, I look at all the people in 2007 who maybe you invested your whole life savings and then boom. But now, what happens if you didn't sell it at the bottom? Where are they now? And mm -hmm. so that's very comforting. So it really comes down to low fee, well-balanced, diversified portfolio there for the go. long run. And then don't, don't put your short run stuff in there. That's where it gets scary. These and other good stories and more good advice in No Regret Decisions. There we go. Making good choices in, during difficult times in which we are living right now, potentially. Thanks, Shannon Lee Thank Sims. You. Always good to have you here. The Agenda with Steve Pakin is made possible through generous philanthropic contributions from viewers like you. Thank you for supporting TVO's journalism.